welcome to Wide Flank. All right, hello and welcome to another episode of Wide Flank. Uh, this is a game club episode. We only do game club episodes these days. Uh, <laughs> and this game club, we played StarCraft original. Not, well, I think, what? well, yeah. Yeah, StarCraft original, right? <laughs> we played the StarCraft original campaign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't, play re- I didn't even play remastered. What do you... I thought we played StarCraft 2. StarCraft. <laughs> StarCraft. Danny's such a good actor. Danny, Danny oh, played Warcraft. Fuck. Warcraft in space. I played, I played World of Warcraft for like 250 <laughs> hours. Oh, no. What have I done? Um... So, Danny, do you want to tell us about StarCraft? What What is this game? When did it come out? World of Warcraft is a an MMORPG. No, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, let's go. Uh, let's go. Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. You can cut okay. this out along. Yeah. Okay, welcome Bad to... Uh, StarCraft was a real-time strategy video game developed and published by Blizzard Entertainment, um, released in 1998. Uh... It's a military science fiction game. <laughs> um, and uh, <laughs> that's, 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 that's the common genre. Um, mm. And it was the... Uh, there's Wait, not want really... Want me, ma- me to take over? Okay, it's an RTS. It's right? an RTS, a real-time strategy video game made by Blizzard. Uh, their first game after Warcraft, uh, after Warcraft 2. Um and it was the best-selling computer game in 19, 1998, won the Orders Award for Best Strategy Computer Game of the Year. Uh, huge critical acclaim. Kickstarted, you know, what became, like, the first major eSport and just, you know, absolutely blew up this RTS genre. Um, was another one of these, like, killer titles that established Blizzard as, the you know, as w- w- what it is today as a publisher and developer. Um, and, you know, had a... We played the single-player campaign of the game, but... It was. It is pr- pr- probably more well. I'm mean, not probably. It's definitely better known for its multiplayer gameplay and the effect it had on online gaming and uh, competitive gaming and esports in general. Yeah, it's the it's the thirteenth best selling PC game of all time. That's so crazy. Um, it Wikipedia says it's only eleven million sales. Uh, That's hard. However, to Serlin mi- said. It was in one in four Korean households. Um, on his I was pod. just thinking maybe like they're separating out the different, like maybe Brood War sales counts differently than Starcraft sales, yeah, and yeah, maybe yeah. Remaster sales count differently than the original yeah. sales. Well, and also they, yeah. on Wikipedia says eleven million better source needed. So oh, maybe maybe you you found yeah. So Serlin <laughs> on his there's a, a game designer we all love. And I worship him, and you know, <laughs> because he's, kind of he's a, a dick. fucking asshole, <laughs> baby. He's a, yeah. he's a huge dick. Um, <laughs> but he said, uh, one, yeah, one in four Korean households had this game, and yeah, like Danny said, it was like the first esport. And I remember as a kid, like justifying playing video games to my parents, like you know, this game, this is like you know, this is like a a real thing that like people take seriously in other places. Like you might think I'm a fucking loser, but <laughs> I have dreams. I I also find the 11 million number hard to believe because as Teddy and I both can attest, pretty much everyone who owns this game has purchased it multiple times. I think I've, this, this was like my sixth time owning a copy of Starcraft one. Yeah, absolutely. I also I, everyone I know except me has played this. <laughs> And that's so, at least twelve million. <laughs> that's yeah. That's got to be at least eleven million and one. Because <laughs> I just played it. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. 
What's so, an RTS? Yeah, what's what's an RTS? <laughs> what's an RTS and and why? Why do we play them? And like, do RTSs exist anymore? As a follow up question, I mean, I feel like RTS is sort of a and correct me if I'm wrong, sort of a dated genre. Um, you know, obviously at the time it was very cutting edge. Like Danny said, I mean, it just it was the main esport in the world. Still kind of is in South Korea. I mean, maybe like League took over, but as of now, the, the esports scene is like very small and very niche. But at the time, I mean, it was every everything was, it was the biggest tournament. It was the most money. It was the most watched. It was the thing that everyone cared about. And for me, someone coming from like not playing it, don't really know anything about it. When I think of like what makes an RTS, I'm just like, but every game is an RTS now. <laughs> <laughs> Every game I play in different subgenres has is real time and <laughs> involves a lot of strategy. <laughs> yeah, well I think what make what really defines a real time strategy game to me is like well, I think people compare StarCraft to chess a lot as kind of it has these chess like mechanics. Um which is but famously not in real time. Yeah. Well, yeah, but, but famously, <laughs> famously turned base. Except, except you're, you imagine if you if you're playing chess, the but it's chess, but you can move the pieces as often and quickly as you want, but they're still each bound by their own rules, um, yeah, and like yeah. within the frame of the game, yeah, and kind of this, uh, like it's full of counterplay, um, full of like a plan from the beginning of the game to the end. Choices you make at the beginning have a huge effect on the end, um, and yeah, I think the genre has in a lot of ways been superseded by the MOBA genre. Yeah. Um, I mean, really, that's League and Dota. Uh, I mean, Dota yeah. comes from the from Warcraft and, right. uh, you know, is a, is a game mode or a, a custom game from Warcraft that... Uh, so it, it utilizes all... Uh, so many similar mechanics, but it, it just... I think it it has to it has to cross some level of strategic threshold. Um, kind did of, you listen uh, to the Serlin episode? I did not. Yeah, it's so funny that you say this because, like, I, I do agree that now that M MOBAs like League of Legends has taken over this genre, but I would have never put them in the same box. And, like, Serlin is like, oh, yeah, this is this is the better version of StarCraft is League of Legends. Um, I mean, well, I when think, I, yeah, just that, just that they, they failed. The, yeah, that's yeah, I think I, I agree. I agree with that, that it is like a totally different kind of game, aside from the fact that it's top down and right. I guess it fill. I guess it like fills. I mean, that's what he was saying, right? It's like he was like, it's such a hard entry into into StarCraft. It's such a steep learning curve. There's so much annoying shit that you have to do to even like begin a game. And he's like, kids just go home and play League. Like, no, no kid right now is going home from high school and is like, let's let's one v one StarCraft all night. You know, no or, one's or finishing their game. TikTok feed. And it's like, yeah, what I really want to do now is spend 40 minutes microing a bunch of SCVs, right? That they I mean, brains yeah. can't handle that. Brains can't handle that anymore. You know, the first you, then the first 10 minutes is all you know building. Like send one builder unit out into the fog of war, which for me, <laughs> by the way, the fog of war that was the most thing. That was the most league thing for me as a newcomer. I was like, oh wow, like this game. Is like fog of war is so crucial. It's like top three most important thing in this game is like scouting and vision. And 
for me, I'm I'm kind of new to league too, but now watching more pro games and getting better at league, I'm like, oh yeah, that's a that's a big similarity. But um, fuck, I forgot what I was. Gonna, oh, I was gonna say the games that StarCraft immediately reminded me of were like Overcooked and like Space Team, and like because yeah, of the level games, of micro or yeah, like uh, just the level of like intensity, like flow state. Like I I, I can't take a breath. If I'm ever standing in Overcooked, I'm doing something wrong, right? Like, <laughs> I need to be, like, if I'm standing, I should be washing a dish. If I'm, you know, waiting for something to cook, I should be prepping my rice. <laughs> you know, like, whatever if, it is. If and you're like, not doing anything, you're losing. And, like, I feel that because I... It's almost like my brain's working faster than I'm able to execute my actions. And I'm so new and so bad at StarCraft that that feeling is, like, constant. I'm like, I know that I should be doing something. I know that I'm like blowing this and doing a really bad job, but I, I can't, I can't even spend my resources. Like, and that, well, that reminded me of those games. Well, I think uh, I'm actually thinking about this and uh, sorry to like drive us so far down this tangent, but like league, I mean, when I think about Starcraft as this balance of micro and macro and when we talk, we're going to talk, we're going to use this language a lot, but macro would be like game long-term, like game management. So like, Choices about like uh, well, I guess it, it, in in StarCraft to be like making sure I'm researching new unit, like building buildings to make new units for later in the game, making sure I have um, like I'm still producing workers to gather more resources, right. upgrading my units, armor and damage, um, and micro refer to like the actual actions you take with the units. So like microing my SCVs, my like gatherers to make sure they're getting resources efficiently, efficiently, making sure my fire bats are in front of my marines so they don't just die trying to path to the fight um, right. and things like that. And and League in particular, and I imagine all MOBAs, like, they do involve this balance of micro and macro of, like, you have to be managing your character, but then also considering, like, when is Baron up? When is Dragon up? Where are the people on the map? Am I, like, building the appropriate items for the end game of this game? Now, it, it has a totally different character to the micro and macro yeah. of StarCraft, but it still has that, that uh, like, that need for balance. It is interesting. Yeah, I mean, the focus, I guess, it's very much like war. Like, RTS is much more like war-focused, meaning like a large group of units and buildings and resources and like, you know, just troops. Like, not there's no like one individual thing that you're working on ever in StarCraft, right? It's not like, okay, I finally built my like last unit and this is all I have to micro and that's all that matters. Like it's always multiple things, whether you're fighting, whether you're building, whether you're doing what Whereas in league. I think it, yeah, it goes back and forth, right? Like sometimes you're just in lane and like you see your opponent and you have good vision and there's no objectives up. So you're just, you're just only caring about yourself sort of in those moments, right? Where, and then there's other moments where you're like, we have to group up, we have to do this. That's, I guess, more similar to like the fighting, but you still only control what you do, right? right? Like you're never controlling anything but you in in MOBAs. Where you RTS just have to, you just have to know. Everything. You just have to know about the meta, right? You don't yeah, have to yeah. do anything, right? right? And I think that's right. the really important mm -hmm. thing: is your brain can do all meta. You just have to do one micro. And in StarCraft, right. your brain has to do. That and also your fingers have to do the meta, right? You have to do like so 50 much things meta. at once. Yeah. 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 It, I mean, so 
famously StarCraft, one of the key stats is APM, which is actions per minute. How many actions you input into the game to make something happen. And that's build miners, move units, research things. You know, I think pros have like a hundred something actions per minute. So they're doing more than one thing a second. Um, And yeah, kind of bringing us back to like what an RTS is. An RTS is specifically a real-time strategy specifically to distinguish it from turn-based strategy games. So your older war games where you can take as long as you want to do the perfect turn and um, then execute it. One thing that I actually, um, I don't know if this is just, we'll, fall flat but like one thing i really found interesting learning more about chest was fat like speed different rates like turn limit time limits for games so like there's like bullet chess which is yeah what like you know i don't know what it is like one minute total five minute total 30 minute totals and like you can basically it basically forces you to make turns under pressure so it's not you don't think about the perfect move for as long as you want, right? You basically have to execute it eventually. Um, And basically StarCraft just flattens all that out. So it's that you're always having to make those decisions. Um, One thing that I... uh, I don't know if this will take us anywhere, but one thing I really like about the real-time strategy aspect of the game is that what you're saying, like you always have to be doing something. Yeah. there's kind of like a yin yang or like a basically early in the game like if you are building lots of units and you don't use them you're at a huge disadvantage so it's always about like making sure you are constantly in balance with the other player and that's what i really appreciate like about the real-time strategy aspect of it like um if you have a bunch of units using them to slow the other person's economy or using your early economy to try and get a quick advantage and hold off their attack just barely. Um, and I guess you could probably do that in a turn-based strategy game though. So we can just. <laughs> no, uh, it is interesting. I mean, it's all so new to me. I mean, for me, a lot of my notes while playing are just like, a lot of games come naturally to me. I mean, all of us. And this is just so far from that for me. I've just never played anything like this. I mean, I probably played Age of Empires when I was like six. And then I went 30 years without playing an RTS. And <laughs> I'm just like, I, I, one of my notes was I'm playing Twister while colorblind. Like I'm just putting my limbs down and I have no idea what I'm doing and there's no guidance and like, everything's wrong and I'm losing over and over again. And it's just, it's so chaotic because of that RTS, which I is also something that I like about it. And I think is cool about the genre, but for a new player for like, you don't know the meta. I don't know anything. I don't know any of the units. I don't know what's good. I don't know when to build what. It's well, I think so what's really important, hard. what's important to note about what Alan is saying here is that we only played the single player campaign of the game. Like this is not it's not like we jumped in with Alon to play some one v ones and right. he was like, I have no idea what's going on. Like the game presents itself in this way, where like literally like there's no 
there's no, barely any tutorial there's uh, or tutorializing as you play yeah all of a sudden you've unlocked siege tanks and yeah. other units but you have to build a machine shop to access them and you haven't had to build anything to access something that attaches to a building there's all of these jumps in knowledge required and I think the manual did a lot at the time, probably to bring people along to this, but or, or did more at least. But now it's just, I can't imagine playing through the campaign. I found myself confused and all of a sudden realizing that, oh, I have access to this unit now. I didn't, <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that I could build a factory. The last mission I had to train four Marines to win, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's all very, and, and like you said with the manual, I mean, this is like a 100 page manual. That is like, I was reading it. I spent hours reading it. I was just like, oh my God, like there's, there's, there's way <laughs> too much in here to ever like actually learn how to play. But I do, and we, ha we will have to obviously touch on the multiplayer at some point. But like, at, by the end of this, I was just like, I should have just been playing the multiplayer. Like I should, I should have just 1v1'd you guys, even though I just get dumpstered. At least I would learn and like you guys could tell me what I did wrong and like know what's happening. Whereas, like Danny said, I mean, there's just nothing. There's nothing in the single player. Like I'm looking up strategy guides that are from websites that in like 1999, like they haven't been updated since then, just to try and like beat missions because it it doesn't tell you anything of what to do. And then you know Walsh, like shout out to Walsh, who's been begging us to play the StarCraft campaign since we started doing a podcast. Never played the campaign. He was like, I was like, this is so hard. Like I I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just losing constantly. He was like. Yeah, it's stupid. Like, I definitely never played it. As soon as multiplayer is up, like, I just play multiplayer. And I was like, what? I was like, why? Why'd you, like, beg us to play this? He's like, <laughs> he's like, he's like, I just wanted you to play because, you know, I just want you to play StarCraft and I love StarCraft. But he's like, yeah, the campaign's not remotely the same game. It's really stupid. Like, no one should ever play it. And I was like, oh my God, I've sunk like 30 plus hours into this and I still know nothing. <laughs> I still know nothing. <laughs> Fucking watch. Well, it is. It is such a. It, it is such a funny thing that I, I, you know, what jumps to mind is at the eighth mission of the Terran campaign, where all of your buildings start like uh, lifted off oh and God. flying. And there's, there's the whole map is blacked out, and it's just yep. no, no one says anything. You just are sitting there with all these buildings and. Teddy have to show being, me how to beat that one. Well, but even like as someone who's played the multiplayer a ton, like who has been a high ranked StarCraft two player, and I'm looking at this, I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, I guess I'll just fly <laughs> around until I find the spot. But being good at the multiplayer even doesn't really set you up for success on these yeah, missions, right. you know. And and the strat, I mean, you know all the pieces, so you can develop strategies. Like, oh, there's a ton of waves I have to deal with, so I guess I'll build cannons or I'll build bunkers. Right, right. Um, but there's, yeah, it is, it is amazing. It just really is amazing how different of a game it is between like just playing, how different playing the game is between single and multiplayer. Which is also why I think like the single player basically doesn't exist anymore. Right? Like I was looking up like beginner's guides, like blah, blah, blah. Like it's all multiplayer. That's what every YouTube video is like beginner. Oh, like Terran versus Zerg matchup beginner, like learn how to build. There's no like, this is how to help you beat the Terran campaign. This is how like the Zerg campaigns are like, dude, I jump into Zerg 
there's just fucking like larva everywhere. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, how do I build units? Like, what is happening? Like, no idea what anything is. Oh, no. It's just like, what is this? What is this game? But obviously, I should have just playing online this whole time. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't know. I don't know if Teddy, you you have something brewing about where to take this next. But I love the campaign of this game and of StarCraft Two. And I love the multiplayer, and I've played so much, you know, competitive yeah. StarCraft. But um, I think it's such a satisfying game. But I, lo- I really, I enjoy, I really enjoyed the story, and I love, the, you know, the characters are so iconic in this game. And maybe some of that is nostalgia from when I originally played it, and it's hard to parse that out. But um, I think it is maybe the, I guess the gameplay doesn't lend itself super well to a single player experience i think you can definitely say but i do think the whole the campaign experience as a whole is in my opinion it's strong so i was just in i was just in denver i was visiting greg and he uh one of his friends was there and he was like oh you play video games and i was like we were talking for a little while and he said what's what's a game you can go back and play all the time um i think i said like I think maybe the game I played the most, like Resident Evil Four or something, um, but he, it doesn't matter. He said maybe we should play that remake. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. No. <laughs> He's he was like I was like what game? What about you? And he said StarCraft, and I was like StarCraft Two. He's like no man, like original campaign. Like I just love that. And I was like that's so funny. We're playing it right now, um, and I do love the campaign too, uh, but. It, it's not good. It, 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 it's like, it, it's like you guys, everything you guys are saying is true. Like it doesn't make any sense. Like the, like that, how to play also. So it's really confusing. I don't know how anyone would learn how to play this game. So what I would say like to what Danny was saying before, like I think playing through the campaigns is actually a great way to learn the mechanics, the units, how they work. Um, over time, and eventually you can play multiplayer. I think if you just went into multiplayer, you would just be so overwhelmed, you would get completely stomped. Um, I think like learning against AIs in small, like, okay, in the first mission, you can only build these units and you learn how those work. And this, you know, also like what you're saying is true. Like, you might have to spend, if you were the first person to play StarCraft, if you were a caveman playing StarCraft, you might have to spend <laughs> 200 hours learning the game. Um, I think we probably had the benefit of like literally reading the manual front to back, talking to friends, like yeah, yeah, whatever, right. you know, all of us um, working on that project. Um, <laughs> and like there are videos on like how to beat the StarCraft II campaign missions. I think probably it's just like, you know, talking to you about some of this stuff, I realized like, oh my God, yeah, it, it is like, how do you know siege tanks can go into siege mode? How do you like, Dude. where do you research Yamato gun? for battle cruisers and how do you use it and why would you use it like <laughs> just like all this stuff that seems it's, like really important is just yeah. you would just could never know about and like you're yeah. saying you just start zerg and it's like there are larvae <laughs> right it's like dude i'm just sitting here I, I i don't even know how to build one unit or building i'm like what what well, the fuck so, is happening? I, I, what you just made me think of also teddy is the i mean the campaign's hard even for me, some of these missions are really difficult yeah. and take, at the very least, take a ton of time to yeah. successfully beat, if not multiple tries. But there's, 
you know, we talk a lot about, or especially Teddy has really put this into my mind about how difficult games force you to engage meaningfully with the game's mechanics. But what's strange about this is because is because of the the extent to which the real time nature of this game is crucial. You like can't sit and look at your siege tanks and look read the description of siege mode while you're playing without sacrificing that attempt, right? And yeah. because of how much time goes in, it doesn't feel right. And I guess you can pause the game and look it up, but it's really hard. To, I guess it is. It's very difficult to play around with the mechanics of the different units in right. the campaign, or even even in a, a normal multiplayer experience. I, I think it's also a little bit capped on like how much you can even learn, even even if you were to do that, right? Like. I could stare at Siege Tank all day and be like, oh, I can go to Siege mode, I can move, I can hold position, I can attack. And then like I move in and I'm not microing them and they just instant instantly die. And Hayden's like, they're the best best unit in or the most iconic <laughs> unit in Terran. And I'm like, they're the worst unit in the game, actually. Because if oh you're not bump micro perfectly and like pull aggro with Marines and have the siege tanks in the back then like yeah they're useless if you don't do that and that, that's another thing that like you just can't know there's no there's no stats that are like tanks can't shoot aerial things i'm just like clicking attack with my tanks and i'm just dying to like <laughs> one wraith or something you know like whatever it is they're just yeah i mean i like overall I mean, we'll get to this, I guess, in like ratings, but like I would never suggest someone to play this. <laughs> and and yet I feel like I've gotten really to I've grown to like really appreciate the game for the multiplayer, like just watching some pro games. I watched a streamer today with Walsh, like reading about it, listening to the Serlin episode like, wow, amazing, like such a cool strategy game. But well, play, yeah, just, playing this. I, no, I agree. And I, I, playing this actually made me really want to get back into StarCraft 2 because I think in what Serlin talks about also is they fixed a lot of the problems oh of yeah. the game. Yeah. Um, but I, I do want to say before we get into that stuff is the game doesn't teach you any of the important things about multiplayer, which is right. like the things about like fog of war, knowledge about what your enemies are building. Yeah. Like when you when you start the game, the computer already has a full base built, and your job is to just send waves of units, and hopefully you beat them before you run out of resources. And like the optimal strategy for dealing with this is turtle up, and in the you know the, in the language of RTSs, you just build defenses and get the biggest army you possibly can, and send them in. So what the game is actually asking you to do, and this is really why I think the campaign is bad, not just because it doesn't teach you, but even as someone who is good at the game, what they're asking you to do is how much are you willing to risk your personal time? Are you willing to sit? Are you willing to wager <laughs> the time you've invested in this game, <laughs> this this level so far with your current army? Can you beat them? Or would you like to spend a few more minutes building a bigger army so that you will probably you have a higher chance of killing yeah. them because yeah. if you don't you might have to start the mission over again or yep. you might have to and, load an older save and if you that didn't read if you didn't reread Hayden's message in Discord that you can just save state at any point then you're just spending many hours losing over and over again because you have no idea for reasons unknown to you 
Right. So, I mean, even if you are saving, so you're basically like, yeah. okay, is this enough units? Send them in, they all die. Nope, I guess I need more. Okay, let me get some more. And then yeah. eventually you just have a big enough army and you just win, right? It would be way better if, and I think this is sort of like the point you're making, is if you went in with a too small army and they didn't die, you should get like invaded by the AI and just get fucking massacred. Exactly, yeah. Because right. then you would learn the balance, a little bit of the balance of the multiplayer of being like, I mean, because that's the beauty of the multiplayer. Well, there's a lot of good things, but I feel like a big part of like what makes the multiplayer so cool and like compelling is like at any time you could just go win the game, whether you know it or not, if you attack. At any other time, you could just instantly lose the game from fog of war that just a fucking invasion comes and you're just not ready. And then like at all of the other times, like you should just be building and just like resource management and just building, maxing out your resources. And like, yeah. And you just don't learn that at all in the single player campaign. You just go in. My experience often is go in. Everyone dies. Didn't micro didn't don't even know what's happening. Don't know what units to build. <laughs> then, you know, that's 30 minutes. And then I just go back to my base and uh, the mineral field is like basically done. All the gas is depleted. <laughs> I go in with an even smaller army. That's all I can build. And I die. So now we're at like 45 minutes and I have to start over again. <laughs> well, what's, so what's weird about this is the campaign is not really a strategy game, right? Yeah. Correct. It doesn't meet that threshold. So, <laughs> what makes what makes a game an RTS the the <laughs> multiplayer mode? I guess. Do, can you remember at the release? Was this in release? Is this campaign? It just feels too long to have just been an add in, like a Call of Duty campaign. I feel like this game was this game built around a single player experience or a multiplayer. Do, do I think you remember? It came, but based on what I read, I think it came with both. Well, yeah. it came with both, but like, what was the design focus because you know i think about arena shooters or something that are really about the multiplayer but they have a campaign you know i think back then that didn't single player campaigns were very important like yeah, like based on they weren't multiplayer walsh, only yeah what's that i'm just saying based on what walsh said to me right because he was, he had it when it originally came out he was like as soon as multiplayer he could like connect to anything he never played the campaign again like, why would you? I mean, he what he one of the things he wrote to me is like, it's like if Counter Strike had a campaign, but it's like, why would I ever play this? I just want to play 5v5 with my friends. So, so th this is so, even though it's bad, I will say it is what I do like about it is it is sort of enjoyable to just play a management sim. Yeah. Right. It's like, uh, this is familiar to me. I know Overcooked. what I need to do. Yeah. And I'm just, and I'm sort of like, just actually what I'm doing is because I, I actually didn't find the campaign hard at all. Um, there was like one mission where you had to destroy the ion cannon, which I found hard because I thought you had to kill every single person on the map, but you don't <laughs> have to do that. Um, but I did want to do it the best way possible. And that is enjoyable to me. Like I want, I want to spend the least amount of time in this mission as possible. Right. I want to beat the computer as bad as possible. So like the Terran mission where you have to defend the your base before you get picked up by the dropships, you have 30 minutes. Defend your base for 30 minutes. My job in that mission is to 
go kill everything on the map in 30 minutes. <laughs> right? Like, I that, am playing... That, a, that one's so easy, by the way. Some yeah. of them are so stupidly easy that I also don't learn. Yeah. Right. And so, like, right. And so, like, what are you doing there? You're literally just, like, doing nothing for 30 minutes. Like, no, I'm going to yeah. see if I can beat every... Kill every single thing on the map in 30 yeah. minutes. I'll yeah, show yeah. you. I don't need you to come <laughs> pick me up. And so that is... And as, like, a you know, a relative expert of the game. I enjoyed that experience of like optimization. Um, well, but that's Starcraft, not, yeah. yeah. I just feel like that's not really the game. Right. And that's like, as and you yeah, said, Danny, that's not a strategy game. It's right, 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 the right. Sims. <laughs> right. Well, and, and it's interesting because Starcraft two addresses this through the, uh, I think like achievements and difficulty rating, like upping the difficulty, it kind of gives you more of a framework for doing that kind of thing, right? It's like complete this mission in under 10 minutes. And I think an interesting thing to explore, uh, maybe not right now because I haven't thought about it very much, is just kind of how (laughs) games create a, how you end up with like a game with a culture where doing stuff like that matters. Because there's so many games I play where I just like could not give, I I could not care less about the achievements associated with a different play style, but Starcraft two, you know, I, I started, I've been slowly making my way through the campaign again this year. And just like, I'm like, Oh man, I'm all right. I'm going to run that mission back. I want to see if I can do that achievement. And it's just, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting thing that sometimes it clicks and sometimes it doesn't, but it's one way of kind of giving you that, uh, that other, that other piece of it. But, you know, it's just another thing that, that's a smaller thing, but that's another thing that they fixed or really improved in in the sequel. Right. Yeah, I mean, Overcooked, I, I keep bringing it up, but it does that really well, too. I think what one of the things Overcooked in those kind of games, Space Team, whatever, do really well is that, like, you know, Overcooked, you get one, two, or three stars, depending how well you did, but you pretty much always beat it. Like, there's no, like, losing, really, but it's like really clear while you're in it what the inefficiencies are, right? Like you're like in it and you're like, we're going to do it. Like you just restart midway usually when I'm playing like with my girlfriend or whatever. I'm just like, oh, like throw the chicken to me. I'll cut, I'll throw it back and we'll just like shave so much time. And then we like mutilate the three star (laughs) score, you know? And it's like, oh my God, we're (laughs) so locked in right there, right? But uh, yeah, again, like the, the StarCraft campaign, it's like, the last thing I want to do is like, oh, like that defense one as a new player. Like, I'm, ne- I'm never queuing that up again. Like, all I did was build Marines and bunkers for 30 minutes. And you just auto win. Um, so, I did, yeah, the balance is weird. It's, I mean, it, it just shows its age a lot. I think it's yeah, it slow. Does. It's slow. Yeah. It's so much of the opening of every game is... Like the first 10 minutes of every mission is exactly the same, basically, yeah. if you're building a yeah. base, right? It's just like that. It's just not fun to do that. Um, so do you, do you guys want to talk about some of the um, I, I think one thing that did age still age that aged well. And one thing I still love about the game is the style, like the vibe. Oh, oh my God. It's um, so good. Spoiler alert on the senses rating. <laughs> yeah, seriously, it's so fucking good. There's, I, I, the, my only familiarity with it, stylistically, was one of my favorite former pro Hearthstone players was called Firebat, 
but I didn't Hell know yeah. that that was from StarCraft until I played this campaign. And like the Firebats, like all the voice lines are amazing. Like I don't think they're that good. Like in in most of in like beating the Terran, I like barely ever built them. But just like all the voice lines are so cool and just like so funny and so they're like. You know why? And just like all this shit, you like got my attention. Yeah, slamming, <laughs> like, <it's> just like, <laughs> like you just hear it over and over and over again, and it's not annoying somehow. Like that's like, as, yeah, that's, that's SBC a good point. ready, and it doesn't bother me anytime. <laughs> and I hear it fifty times every game. You know, it's just like I think it's what's amazing to me is that. Going back to StarCraft 1, the style has aged better than StarCraft 2, I think. Oh, interesting. I think. What like, about uh, it? And maybe there's nostalgia. Maybe nostalgia plays a big role in this. But no, for me, StarCraft 2 right. is nostalgic. But there's, yeah, just the visuals. Look at, like, all the, the way everything looks. And I talk, I, the me- the campaign select menu when you hover over oh my God, the Zerg so and the cool. DNA. It, you know, it's all this, like, very generic science stuff. Comes yeah, up, yeah. And it's like, oh, this is so cool. <laughs> and StarCraft 2 is just like, look at all how many polygons we've got on screen right now. And these high-res characters yeah. posing in this thing. And it's just, like, not quite, it's not inspired in the same way. There should be a StarCraft 1 skin for StarCraft 2. So yeah, you get the quality yeah. of life stuff, but it looks sick. I mean, it's just so... That's kind of the remaster, I guess, right? Yeah, it's so, like... It's really, like, gritty in, like, yeah. an 80s way, right? Like, it's like watching a sick old 80s action movie or something like that, where it's just, like, raw. And it, the, there's, like, synthy music going on. And, like, yeah, it's just a generic, like, DNA gif but it just looks cool there's so much on the screen it's so vintage and sci-fi and it just yeah i mean even like the first time i loaded up i was like alt tabbing to like write notes and like the narrator gets mad at you if you don't press start oh the like, yeah 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 like they they just start getting like frustrated with you and mad at you i'm just like that's awesome <laughs> i love that oh, yeah the, if you, yeah if you keep clicking on the units, they also have like extra voice lines, which like oh, as a I kid, know that. I was like, oh, this is so cool. Like that they so did funny. this. The, uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like, and the, the grant, I didn't appreciate this at, this at the time, but I definitely did this playthrough. The, the style of the game and the visuals and the grittiness match the world that they're trying to create it with the story, kind of like these, forgotten edge colonies where there are these you know sightings of aliens and no one cares it's it, it's very it's like firefly-esque right it's not western-esque yeah, and it is. rainer yeah. is obviously you know almost like a caricature you know he's like hey yeah. darling and yeah it's and it's a uh <laughs> but it just it works so well with all of it like it feels like this advanced high-tech space and i mean space i don't mean space is in outer space but but with kind of with these the missing like uh but it's missing links right it's missing the it's not utopic it's just this is advanced they have exosuits and they and there's a ton of war and it sucks to be on these colonies um but you still feel like you're not on earth and you're in the future and and it's believable do you know right. the terran backstory for this group well i read it in the manual do you just danny do you know it uh, 
tell me. I know that it's not. I'm trying to think if I can remember. It's not the. These aren't the only humans, right? These are colonists to this galaxy or something. Yeah, basically like a long sleep. (laughs) Yeah, basically like a ship of like research subjects blasted into space and like got off course. And so like (laughs) basically they're like these humans that have access to a bunch of technology but are like i I, want to jump in stupid yeah i want to jump in for a second here because they're not just a a group of humans they're literally prisoners it was like prisoners of this like tyranny of the upl or something like that on earth who's just like we need to check out other other planets, so we're just gonna ship all the prisoners out as our guinea pigs. <laughs> and then they the the nav system like crashed in their ships, and so they went. They were supposed to go like a certain distance away, and instead, thirty years later, they landed on these planets. And right, they're so just like where the fuck are we? They're all, they're basically Australians, right? Yeah, right. Basically, right. Australian basically. sci-fi. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> right, and so like they're these like sort of yeah like. I mean, they're basically all, but they're also Southerners and they all are a part of the Confederacy. Um, but it all, it like it, the story in the, in the manual is kind of bad and generic and dumb and it's way overwrought. Like it's way, yeah. there's way too it's much. Way too long. <laughs> there are uh, some like gems of flavor though. Like my, my probably like favorite unit is Firebat and, it says it says about the firebats in the Terran unit section. It says like standard marine infantry, firebats are typically culturally challenged persons who have been re-socialized by the Confederate government. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> so this is old Blizzard, like yeah. And I unfortunately I just don't think they the same people exist, right? It's just a whole oh, new yeah, no way. company, right? Um. But they could balance like humor, darkness, wit, and it like yeah. It, there was just a lot of character in their games. Diablo two is like this, and when you play their later games, like Diablo three, Starcraft two, Overwatch, it's just like they sort of try and do this, but it just is like it's either the humor lands flat, the yeah. it, or it tries to be too shiny or. It just feels like they're trying too hard. And what's nice about this game is it's it's um not everything like makes sense or has a reason. Like they're just they're it seems like it's like made by artists who like are like, I don't know, doing something like weird <laughs> every single time they like come up with a story or a character. Like someone drew something and they're just like, oh yeah, put that in. I don't know. It's like it seems like kind of punk. Yeah. Yeah, it and, is. It is. And in their later games, it's just like it, it is so corporate. And I just it, playing this again, I just like, wow, this just this feels right. Well, so many of these games and I think this is true of Blizzard, but I also think it's I think what you descri- describe is true of Blizzard, but also many other developers and that have been around for that amount of time, too. But, you know, the, even the humor in Starcraft one feels like. It feels like someone wrote something and someone was like, that's funny. <laughs> like, keep that in, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. 
They didn't yeah. do it in front of a focus group. Right. It, they, right. They don't have a comedy writer who they like, okay, now we need a funny, like someone think of a funny line here or like, or like we need a professional to come up Let's with something hire funny the here. Right. guy from Portal 2 to write all the funny lines. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. And like, I, I don't know. This is just, this is really is a, a bi- like a, a bygone era of video game development where you had like these nerds who just like slotted in something dumb as a placeholder and it just, and it just worked, you know, in the end and they were willing to let it be that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's like the key, almost like the QA has gotten too, it's, it's gone too far. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I could definitely see a world where someone's writing these voice lines, right? Like the firebat ones or even like the, I think the ghost has cool voice lines too. And, and just like, feeling self-conscious about it nowadays and just being like, is this cool or is that cheesy? You know, right? And then right. they just go right. for the safe option, right? Like, somebody, somebody call, call for an exterminator. <laughs> like, that's not, like, cool, but when you're playing it, it's fucking really cool. You know? I'm about to like, overload my aggression inhibitors. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> like, the sounds that the Zerglings make or, like, the Goliath voice lines are really cool. Like, that, that effect is cheesy kind of you know like that's what any generic sci-fi movie would use but it fucking works so don't worry about it it's cool like they're confident they they go with what they their gut they like believe in it believe in the in the world they've created you know totally no i i agree i i think um i i think all yeah like all that terran stuff is really good uh and I, I think I, I have a quote here from, I think, one of the designers. Um, he basically said, rather than being like chess, he wanted there to be very unique strategies based on which species is being played and will requires to think of different strategies to combat the other two species. Right. So maybe rock, paper, scissors is the wrong analogy, but um, everything is supposed to play differently in terms of mechanics. Um and I do. I think it does, but I also think it does in terms of like. I think that's really paired well with like the the flavor. Like I love all this Starcraft, like human stuff that we're talking about, and it paints a really vivid picture. And then you play the first Zerg mission, and you click on your units, and they just go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like there's no there's no voice line, right? Like they just they just like gurgle and make sounds. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. like I don't know. I just like the the alien creatures could have talked, right? right. Like th- those the Zerg could have made like like I'm gonna you know, kill the human. Right? You wish queen or something like that. Yeah. Right? yeah. But they don't. Right. And like, uh, like, Oh, what, like, what if we just didn't give them voice lines and they just make weird sounds? It's like, yeah. Well, Fuck it makes, yeah, that's it, it awesome. makes them scarier and like more mysterious. Yes. It does. yes, yes, yes exactly. A lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Like the if they made them scary voice on lines. Them and like, it's just like, what the fuck is this? Right. It's, and you're controlled by like that eye, you know, in the setup right. for the first mission. It's just like, yeah, it's just so much more interesting and and cool and like extravagant, <laughs> you know. And like um, the, the Zerg campaign in StarCraft Two is really fun and cool, but like I think one of the like the worst things about it is your your Kerrigan like overseeing them. And it's oh, like a, it's just like you're a human controlling the Zerg, and like oh that sucks, yeah, it, yeah, it doesn't like land that uh, the senses of it really don't land for me. But it is, but it, there's some there are other things that make up for it. But yeah, and like I, I just love that about uh, 
about them in this. Although the yeah. fucking clicking on the hatchery and every time having it make that sound. Like, if I click on it twice in three seconds, it's not like, okay, that was an accidental input. Just yeah. Every time it starts yeah. it over, I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> no oh holds God. barred, yeah. yeah. I mean, I want to hear more from you guys because you guys have played a lot of multiplayer and I haven't about the rock, paper, scissors because... I mean, a lot of the Serlin pod is about the strategy of multiplayer. And I think Rock, Paper, Scissor does sell it short, right? There's there's more than three ways, right? There's more than three avenues. Also, all of the avenues are shifting in real time, right? So, like, it's not like... I think he Serlin made a really good analogy of, like, how important scouting is because... I mean, I'm I'm just sort of paraphrasing what he said, I think. But he said, basically, let's just say in a world, a perfect world, one exact moment, you see 100% of their what they're building. You have 100% perfect knowledge of what they're building at that moment. If they're building all rock, for the analogy, then you can confidently go all paper and you're going to win. But as soon as your scouter dies and you lose vision but 30 seconds later you basically still know they're probably still going rock there wasn't enough time to change as more time passes he called it a there's a cone of uncertainty that's getting wider and wider if you let several minutes pass you really don't know what they're building anymore and you don't know how to counter them and i love that because it's like a quantifiable quantifiable thing right because if you know what they're building you can go one path and all of your resources follow that path. But if you don't know what they're going, then you have to be like, are they going to attack? You have to do two or three things at once and be like, I have to build a little bit of defense and I have to do a little bit of anti-air and I have to do a little bit of sieging or whatever it is. And that's the dynamic. That's like why it's not rock, paper, scissor. And that sells it so short is because it's like, it's dynamic and it's changing all the time. Well, there's, there's another layer to what you just, what, what what's described there. And that's, once you've scouted, they know that you've seen it. Yeah. Right. right. And it's almost right. like a it's almost like a game theory thing where it's like, well, if I well now they know what I'm doing, so I have to do something else. But but wait, maybe they're expecting me to do the thing that is like the as the opposite vulnerability to this. So I'm gonna keep doing what I'm doing, right? And so like right. yeah, it just is this like endless <laughs> this endless line of trying to outsmart or outthink the uh the competition. Yeah, I think the fog of war in RTS is just it's such a presence like I want to watch you guys play online I, I don't think I'll ever get to the point where I'll learn enough to play online but like <laughs> I would love to hang and watch but like in League or the Fog of War is just the map is so much smaller you kind of it's almost just like a line that you should never cross right like occasionally you're going to Fog of War like place a ward like occasionally like you see an enemy who should be here, but they're actually there. You can go into Fog of War confidently to do like one thing, like a little bit of farm or whatever, right? But in this game, it's like, it's fucking life or death. Like, it's like if you think you have vision, but you don't have vision and they're actually about to just drop reavers on all your worker units and you're just fucked. Like, you just quit the game, you're done. Like, they just owned you. It's over. And it's just so beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the interesting one, another interesting layer to all this stuff is the economy investment. Also, mm. it's it's 
I, they don't have a lot of units, so I'm I'm going to invest in economy right now. Right. Or um, it's it, it not only do you have the like I'm countering the kind of units they have, but I'm countering the the overall strategy they're doing, right? Like oh, I saw they built an expansion to a base, so I'm going to attack now, right? It's it's there's yeah. and like Danny said, there's the the knowing of the scouting, and so all these things are. Um, like interacting in really, uh, yeah, like dy- dynamic ways, and that you just constantly have to be responding to all the time, and the pressure is just fucking brutal. And what's great is you can, I mean, the thing, uh, the where the rock paper scissors analogy falls short is paper can actually beat rock in starcraft right like thank you if they're going anti anti light right you can still mass a ton of marines as long as you're as long as you're responding to that well you know what teddy's describing that overall strategy like if if they only have two of their of those units and you have 50 because it's the beginning of the game and they're going for a late tech unit like like a high tech unit then yeah you win even though technically they have the right or you micro better, right? Or yeah, something. yeah, yeah. You yeah. S- split up your marines so that they don't get size stormed. You know, yeah, there's like I mean, all there's kinds just, of ways to do it. There's just so much, which yeah. again is like that's the unfortunate part for me for getting into <laughs> it, but also I think what makes the game so amazing. I mean, Walsh was saying to me like they basically have not patched this game. And it's been out for like 20 years or more or whatever, whenever it came out. And it's still like a pretty vibrant competitive scene, maybe only in Korea, maybe not as big as it used to be. But like every game that comes out nowadays is just patched every week. That's just like universal standard. Like, oh, this thing is a little too strong. We're going to weaken it. Now this thing's too strong. We're going to we buff the other thing. And it's just, I think that, and and this is kind of a separate tangent. I don't really have it well thought out, but I think that like you just don't need to do that. Like <laughs> like games, people. I'm sure I haven't looked it up or anything, but I'm sure when StarCraft first came out, there was one thing that everyone was doing that was beating everyone. Right? There was some Zerg rush was a seventy percent win rate or whatever it was. I'm making numbers. Probably had some really broken win rate, and everyone was just losing to it all the time. And then someone was like. Oh my god! If you stim pack your marines and they zerg rush, like you just fucking shred them or whatever the counter is, right? And then that started winning more, right? And then Protoss was like, "Oh, if they're just doing that, then I'll just go super high tech late game and I'll just overwhelm them with my big, you know, whatever it is." And I think that like a meta shifts and like balance shifts and like the constant buffing and nerfing of things like doesn't really enhance my my enjoyment in the game ever really right it's just like oh they're just like cutting this corner that now i don't need to figure out because now that's not good anymore and this other thing is good now right it's just well i don't know there's something to that yeah and the i think if your game is sufficiently complex then you can let the meta take take control like kind of like let the meta roll and like you can you imagine like a character who's or a unit who's really strong like every unit has a counter in starcraft right right it's not like okay siege tanks are unbeatable right then you just get then you go early wraiths so you can kill the siege tanks or whatever like there's a way there's a way to do it 
And kind of like if everyone starts playing this one play style because it's really strong and because there is some counterplay that exists, then like the meta shifts to countering the meta. And exactly. Then, exactly. And then it can even go back to the way it was originally or then everyone's like, OK, it, it can be this like beautiful cycle. And like League, I think, you know, is at this point where there is so there's so much room for strategy, but instead we end up having to track these many changes like oh annie got buffed i'm gonna play annie again but it's yeah. like you can build like and we encounter this in clash right where we're trying yeah. to like in the tournaments we play in league we're like we are so like character focused but there's all these other mechanics and meta at play and like team comp and the types of unit the champions are playing with each other and like there's one champion who's really broken but you can build you can build around and like against it and i mean league is kind of a weird exception because of the snowballing of early of like a small advantage like one kill makes it easier to get the second kill and but but it is like a yeah there's just this as long as you have enough pieces that make sense and can counter each other in play you can let you can let something be a little too strong do do you remember do you have you listened to the scrub mentality like the scrub episode of serlin i mean i definitely have listened but i don't remember so tell us about it. yeah but he basically talks about um uh people who say like oh that's a lame way to play or like that's cheap or like <laughs> whatever he's like you're just a scrub um and basically <laughs> for well let me interrupt for those who don't know who serlin is he's this designer we've mentioned him multiple times also was a professional street fighter player like top 10 player in the world so like that's where he's coming from he's not just like a theoretical designer or whatever. He was like at the top of that. And I think he helped design like a later Street Fighter after he retired. So this is a, it's a blog post. It's not a, uh, it's oh, not okay. a podcast. It's called playing to win. Um, and basically he was like, if you should do the optimal strategy and like, if for some reason the game is really out of whack, eventually it will become so dominant that they won't have a choice, but to fix it. But, Basically, like, you should not give people a hard time for doing this, and people should be encouraged to do this because it pushes the edge of the, you know, the boundaries of the game. Um, I think, like, a famous example is, like, Meta Knight in Brawl, who's just, like, you know, in in theory, in broken, but I think also just, like, the player who played him was, made him the best player um i actually don't know that much about do you know i don't know anything not brawl it was uh yeah it was yeah it was brawl yeah um anyway that's that uh, i I retract that i I don't know enough about that but it's um (laughs) uh yeah i mean i think starcraft did have some balance patches but i think you're right people just learn to play around certain things and i think a lot of the stuff you see in patch changes you're just like this doesn't matter yeah. Right. Like it just doesn't matter. Um you're just like said, you're gonna league, win if you're is, better. League is every week. Yeah. Literally every week. Yeah. It's it's a season thirteen. It's probably at hundreds and hundreds of patches. It's just like well, well there's a weird cultural thing with League Two where they want all they want champions to be viable. Yeah. Like they want everyone to be able to play their favorite champion. Whereas, like, in StarCraft, I don't think... Uh, they definitely didn't at the time. I don't think Blizzard cares if you only go Temple... Like, Dark Archon one at, once every yeah. 50 games, right? Like, yeah. there's this one 
situation where it makes sense to get this unit and it's okay if that's all that unit is for and like a game like league of legends like nobody is playing mages or like nobody is playing yumi and and part of it you know part of it is like skins right like people love yumi and we need people to buy yumi skins and so we and we've put all this money into designing yumi skins we need to get yumi back in the meta free to play games are just not that's they're, true. It's a bad example. It's, it's, it's just, I mean, it's just But the like competitive we multiplayer at this point is free-to-play, right? Like Counter-Strike is, is free-to-play. Yeah. Fortnite is free-to-play. I mean, Counter-Strike is another Starcraft great 2 example is of StarCraft not patching, right? Like, Star, like, Valve doesn't give a shit if no one uses this gun. <laughs> they're just like, yeah, it's bad. <laughs> Don't Oops. buy it. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> but like they and they don't also don't give a shit if everyone just buys AKs because it's the best terrorist gun. You know, and and like if 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 you're gonna cry and be a scrub mentality about like I just can't beat to op, beat ops, like just the, the the actual answer is just like get good and like yep. learn how to smoke and learn how to flash and learn how to push ops. And Learn I how think to smoke that, a like, cigarette, loser. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <That's what I'm laughs> you while, where I went. <laughs> while I'm saying it, though, I'm realizing that, like, yeah, it's it's maybe it's more of a cultural thing of just like games used to just be like meaner and harder and not give a shit if you're just gonna play and just get fucking obliterated and then stop playing. Like, right? It's like they just want you in the casino. They just want yes, you to never exactly. leave the league yep. client ever. So they're going to baby you in every way imaginable. So you stay and you buy skins and you play, you know, ARAM and Earth and other modes. And just so you stay in the game. It's the coddling of player one. And it's going to be my Yeah, that's what I'm, there I'm getting at. Yeah, but, that's what I'm I mean, getting but at. But yeah, and it's, it's interesting because I think from a design standpoint, I, I'm thinking about t- Escape from Tarkov right now. And they patch the game, but not so much because things are broken or guns are broken, but it's like we design we these systems aren't working the way as intended, right? That's kind of the yeah, approach they take. Different. It's like people are building uh, like a, a twenty uh, a four foot long gun with a six foot suppressor on the end of it, and like <laughs> that is kind of game gamified or mechanics, and like this is awesome. not we're looking for a hyper realistic like a hardcore sim. We don't people want want people walking around with like longbows you know these you know like sniper, yeah, giant sniper rifles from halo on their you know pmcs but um and, and same thing with starcraft like i think it's one thing if no one if everyone is only playing zerg if 80 percent of players are playing one race like they're like that's something like okay we need to change something here right. because we want the interplay of these three options and right. we need dragons but that's kind of where they draw the line ramps. right right yeah. right but they don't care that SCVs versus drones, like SCVs win, right? In a, right. In a fight, although with micro drones win every time. Um, <laughs> get good, they, get good, scrub. right? Yeah, they, you use the regen to your advantage, but it, you know what I mean. It's like, yeah, totally. they, they kind of have their line in different places. And League is just like, if an item's getting built too much, if a character's getting played too much or too little, like we need to change everything. You know, yeah. it's just, yeah, I, I don't know, I don't know where to draw the source. I mean, I mean, I said unironically in in our discord this is the hardest game i've ever played i mean this is i've never not beaten a game i remember actually early on in wide flank my mom was like i was telling my mom about the concept and she was like but what if you don't beat it and i was like what are you talking about (laughs) i was like do you know who you're talking to like what do you mean don't beat it like yeah like every game is 
just, you know, it's just waiting to be beat. It's it's ready for me to beat it. I didn't beat this game. <laughs> like this game just fucked me up. I can't beat it. Like it it the the learning curve and no help whatsoever. It's just ridiculously hard for me. Like I just lose over and over and over again with absolutely no idea why I'm losing. Um, and yeah, that that just wouldn't happen in a game nowadays. There's no way that would happen. There were there, everything would be catered to me getting into it and wanting to like spend all my time playing it and spend mon- more money on it and everything like that, you know. And this game, they just are like, here you go. This is just in the world now. And we made this thing called BattleNet, by the way, and you can just play against randos online. <laughs> that's that's what's happening now, right? <laughs> Um, so the one part, so the one wrench in all of this is they did patch this game and it's called Starcraft two. Right. Right. <laughs> because right. I think actually what you guys are talking about is I think they realized and Sarlon talks about this is that the game is about bullshit micro clicking. Yeah. It's, it's about clicking in a bad way bullshit clicking in a bad way and it makes yeah. and i think a, a really good example is you can only control 12 units at a time oh, God. you can drag yeah, a box around a bunch was, of units that's tough to go back to for so sure. so dated it's Sorry, like a joke it's a joke yeah, yeah. It, however i did just play warcraft and you can only select four units at a time so to me <laughs> yeah, this, but is that's even older. Yeah. <laughs> this is a big improvement <laughs> um but yeah it's insane and the in StarCraft 2, you can just select all your units and you can move them right. around. Right. Um, but one thing the game is basically start StarCraft 1, you start with f- four miners, then I think you could start with six miners. Um, but they don't auto mine when the game starts, you have to select them, move them, you have to build your first unit, you constantly having to be building units. Um, and basically, what the game is doing is it's you know, I think the theory that Sterling talks about is using your attention as currency as well. Yeah. Right. So it's it's about can you distract the player? How good are you at devoting your attention to macro, like building economy, building miners, and also fighting and also fending off an attack in the back right. of your base for like a sneaky like marine drop by your mineral line while you're also fighting your big army. And it's about abusing your intelligence so that you can't do all these things very yeah. well. Yeah. Um, and I think StarCraft one does it arbitrarily, which I really don't like. Um, as we said, you can't multiple select buildings. Uh, you can't, you can only select 12 units. Like in StarCraft two, you can select all your barracks and just hit M and Marines pop out. Um, yeah, and you can queue stuff up, right? He yeah, mentioned. Can, yeah, it's just like, it, it's yeah. just so much easier to do the big stuff easily. Um, what he kind of talks about and is like using, like the game doesn't let you do what you want, what you, your brain wants you to do, right? It's like, I want to build a bunch of miners right now. The game should know that. Or I just want to press a button that's like always like turn the dial up. I want to focus on economy, turn the dial to the left. I want to focus on units. And I'm not necessarily like opposed to this, but I do think there's like, he gets dangerously close to saying 
there shouldn't be any skill involved in the game. Like, <laughs> right. like I was like, well, r- what's the point of playing Rocket League and getting good at Rocket League? Don't you know what you want to do in this situation? Like, I want to aerial, I want to flip reset, I want to do a huge mm-hmm. shot. Like, sort of the point of the game is to, like, get good at some of the mechanics. Right. And... I think the line can be blurry and different for different people, but he's sort of on one and kind of just goes off into like, I don't know, it should be like League of Legends where you just pop out of your base and they fight each other. Um, and what I think about is really good about StarCraft 2. He's opinion, a Street Fighter it, player. Don't forget that. Right, right, right. <laughs> he's like, it'd be cooler if the Marines were just in a 2D plane and just had attack <laughs> abilities and supers. <laughs> You're like, ah, uh, dude. <laughs> in, in a way that, like, it seems like he he almost doesn't understand video games. It, like, it actually, like, I was like, yeah. or he just, like, is not, I just feel like he's just totally... He's just on one. I think he's like just yeah. he got filled with a hot take or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you guys can listen. You guys can hear for yourself and pick this apart. But um, what I love about StarCraft is you're constantly having to be engaged. I mean, it's also so toxic. It's like it is without a doubt the most stressful game I've ever played because oh you, you, you are always doing something, always, and you should be doing more. Whatever you're yeah. doing, you should be doing yeah. more of that. You should and be, you could die at any second. Yes, and you and you you need to be you need to be building every you need to be building your economy. You need to be scouting. You need to be understanding. You need to be microing your military units. You need to be working on macro, and it's very intense. It's very stressful, but it's also that that's exciting, and I love it. And I I, uh, I have a story, which. Um, we were, uh, I mean, this is, this is without a doubt every single game, like as soon as it's over, it's like, oh my God, I gotta take a break. Like, oh my God, like I'm not ready. And Starcraft two came out when we were, when I was in college and Doug and I were living in this apartment together in Ann Arbor. Um, our, it was a studio and, we had two beds on the floor, like next to each other. We were just like totally slumming it. And our desk was a uh, old door that was like on two sawhorses. <laughs> and we both had like MacBooks. I think my MacBook was like ancient. And so it's like not optimized to run this game and it's old. And it was like a hundred degrees every day or something. It was so hot. And my computer after like 15 minutes of running StarCraft 2 on the lowest settings would get like insanely hot. And just the, <laughs> the performance would just rapidly start dropping. Like, and so Doug and I, our goal was to win the game as fast as possible. Like early game, like it, we were like, okay, if it gets to 30 minutes, like we're fucked because like, I won't be fun. able to play. Yeah, yeah. It was like, also I would like build big units. So like I didn't have to micro very yeah. hard. Yeah. Um, and so, but as soon as we would win or lose, what we would do is since we Doug and I were playing together, he, and he was the party leader. So I would take my laptop and grab it and throw it into <laughs> next, next to our desk. It was our fridge. And I'd throw my laptop in the freezer and shut the door with, with it, uh, with it open. So the laptop was still like running and Doug would queue up the next game and find it. 
And then there would be like, you know, we'd be, we join the game, there'd be a loading bar and it would take like, I don't know, 30 seconds for the game to load. And so we'd watch his loading bar and right before it was about to finish, I'd open the freezer, grab my laptop, throw it on the <laughs> desk and we'd go. And that would usually get me about 15 minutes of gameplay before I get to on again. That's what it's oh, all man. about. Really and, so and it's so fucking hot. And we're playing this insane, like the, the most intense game ever. Yeah. And it was just like, and it would just go, 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 go. It was yeah. absolute mayhem, pandemonium. Amazing. So amazing. Yeah, I think to go back to the Serlin thing, I mean... I, I I do agree with you. I think he just like misses the mark in a lot of what he's saying. But part of that is because it's like a podcast and he's just sort of reacting, right? Like I think written, he would never have like written some of those things because mm-hmm. well, a lot of what he's saying crystallizes is just like, I can't micro well enough, so there shouldn't be micro, <laughs> right? He's just like, like my Zerglings are running in a straight line and dying. So like it should just automatically like, surround the opponent instead of running in a straight line like all of these little suggestions where it's like i hear you that it's like annoying but also if all of this was automated it just wouldn't be a game right like it would just be <laughs> yeah youtube you'd be watching a video it'd right. be a yes it'd be a puzzle game purely about optimization right right like if if that's what he wants then it would just be who can solve the puzzle in the most optimized way because like microing is easy and attacking is easy and there's one path or, you know, something like that. But like, obviously that's not what we want in a competitive game, right? Like your decisions have to matter. We want your skill to matter. We want you to be able to do different things with your specific skills. Um, But like, yeah, at the same time, some of the things that he's saying I was listening and being like, yeah, that is really annoying. Oh, wow, they fixed that in StarCraft 2, right? Like the selecting right. units thing that your your worker units just are mining in StarCraft 2. <laughs> Whereas in StarCraft 1, when you're a new player, I'm like, what the fuck should I do? You know, and then they're just, my units are just standing there. And I oh, don't those, know what blue, to do. those blue things are resources that I need for everything I do in this game? Literally everything. What? <laughs> and I should just constantly be building workers. I didn't know that till. One of you told me, you know, 20 hours into the game or something like it's just there. There are a lot of like clear quality of life improvements. But I I agree with you that I think like a lot of that skill stuff is what makes the game like that's what the game is, is like all of these different things happening at once. Yeah, it's. I don't really I don't really know if this is legitimate. But I think about a game like Age of Empires 2, which is the only other RTS that I've played a lot of. And I love I really love that game. Madeline and I were just playing it the other day. And the like micro is so unsatisfying. There is micro involved, and it's like so unsatisfying, and it's so clearly not the it doesn't align with the intention of the game design. It's like you watch people play competitively and they like it it's so forced what they're trying to do they're like subverting all these weird animations it's, it's abu- they're and, abusing the game right right it's like watching a, a super mario speed run a super mario 64 speed run where they're glitching through the walls right, right it's like right. this is impressive and you've mastered something about this game but it's like you're not the best mario player 
that I have ever seen. You know, you know what I mean? And like right, a weird way. Right, right. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the yeah, and like again, and I think, and I think if he if he was talking about that a game like that. It would make more like I feel like it could resonate a little bit more, um, but like StarCraft Two is just yeah, or StarCraft Two just StarCraft is is all about these these things, and like I think they they kind of figured out where they they really sorted out where they wanted to draw those lines in StarCraft Two. Like you just don't have the same kind of like units running in random directions after five yeah. seconds of not being able to get up a ramp i have a great clip that i'll post of a fire bat who's like so close to his destination with the whole group and then just immediately 180s and runs out of the room and like <laughs> runs opposite direction mm-hmm. and it's just like what and like right, that's like, the kind of stuff that like should i don't think i think blizzard when they made that game would be like this is not what we want this to be that's like, not the but micro it's, <laughs> but, this is, but it's just really hard to, it's really hard to build right <laughs> you know exactly. and then they figure they fix they they like figured it out and like the game is about macro and it's about like these unit you know do i upgrade these units to be faster do i like i need to harass like i need to be doing these other things and not like i need to abuse this weird animation to get my units and exactly i mean i think that's that's it crystallized i mean they were like kind of speaking negatively about this so serlin also took a class on starcraft and he was saying that a pro player at the class i don't know if he was like a speaker in the class or something was saying that like when they're scouting you know, for future pro players to be on their team or whatever, they pretty much only look at APM. They don't look at the strategy. They don't look at the tactics at all. And they were kind of saying that as a negative thing. But to me, that just like reinforced how good of an esport it is. I'm like, yeah, like there is a certain threshold that no matter how good at like thinking about the game, right? You could be a coach maybe, but like no matter how good at thinking about the game, like if you don't run... If you can't dunk, <laughs> you're just not good enough, right? Like, right. This is if sports, you, if right? you just yeah, are yeah. slow, but you know everything about being a wide receiver, like, sorry, you just can't play wide receiver at the highest level. I mean, that's that's what it is, right? It's just a, it's a there's a threshold that you have to be of speed, and you know maybe strategy and tactics is more teachable, maybe not, maybe they're going at it the wrong way, but. I didn't think of that as a negative at all. I was like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. If you can't, like, I, I'm so new to StarCraft, I've barely even watched it, but, like, league players will know, like, if you've ever watched Faker play, who's the most famous, successful League of Legends player of all time, it is fucking insane. Like, me and him have don't play the same game. He is... <laughs> have you guys seen him play? Like, yeah, his oh, perspective? Yeah, yeah. No. He is nonstop using his F1, 2, 3, 4, 5 to look at his teammates. It's crazy. So, like, it, it zaps the map to his teammates. Yeah. He has them hockeyed. Literally never not doing that. Like, while he's, like, farming resources for, you know, like, CSing, like, everything, everything that's happening, he is constant wow. eyes on the map everywhere. It's unbelievable. But, like, <laughs> you know, okay, you don't have to be faker to be pro, but, like, no matter how good a strategy you are, if you can't macro and see the map like he does, like you're just gonna be worse than him. Like you're just well, he just has well, an, an advantage old, over there's you. There's an old adage, like the old adage in rowing is that if you sit in like, the work. Uh, yeah, if you if <laughs> if you have someone like I can teach a really fit strong guy to row. I can't 
as someone who knows how to row and like understands the stroke, I can't make them fit enough to win a national championship. Yeah. Or like exactly. That's it's much easier thing. to work in one direction than the other. Right. And like, yeah, yeah that's just, that's just, yeah, that's just how selection works. And for yeah. what one thing people say about Starcraft one on the other end of this is like, all this stuff raises the skill ceiling. Like the more bullshit you have to do. I hate this so much. Which is not. And like people say this about a lot great. of games. Yeah. Yeah. When have we ever run into a situation where everybody is at the skill ceiling and we don't have a, comp- a clear it's winner never of happened. a game? Like, wh- what planet are people on? This is this doesn't. Is this like a problem people invented so to right. solve so they could solve? Right. It's like this is not an issue. Like, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's. Like I was everybody. I know about we, placing my supply depot in front of my command center, so my SCVs. Come, come out at a certain angle that's 0.1 milliseconds closer to the mines and I'm faster at clicking the mines in different spots so that they spread out and mind like what that's, that's not, the only way we can tell if you're a better player than somebody yeah, else that's no not, that's, that's just like it's insane it's right? irrelevant and, stupid bullshit and they got rid of it yeah it, it's insane uh and when we have every when when it's a coin toss between every pro player we we can raise the skill ceiling but like to build this from the ground into the game is so strange but to me like also, when people talk about that it's it's a high it, skill cap it's a high also, skill cap. if it was actually if we lived in a world where pro play was obviously better than normal player but it was a coin toss who's gonna win the championship every year that's the best <laughs> pro scene of all time. Yeah, right. right like right. as a follower. Yeah, right. I'm like, oh, so the top 16, anyone can win. That's the dream. Like that's just not reality. That's never happened in any sport, right? I mean, that's just never ever gonna happen. There's always people better or worse. There's always people making mistakes who crack under pressure. There's people who play better under pressure, whatever it is. But like that would be amazing. <laughs> that's not even that's something that we should hope to see right like it's well like, like the fewer mechanics you have the just the larger the effect of really small differences right you'd have to bring it down is, to such simple League, parts right? Yeah. right yeah like you'd have to bring it down to such small parts for it to actually be like uh, you know total in total parity across just decently good players but like yeah if you have a game where uh, yeah, you just you'd have to be so good. Yeah, eventually, like being one percent better with your drones gives your boosts your win rate by some huge amount, right? Because that's the only thing you can be better than someone at. And like, if you have a game that that's the only difference, then like that's the game, right? That's the competition, that's the and that's okay. If there's one where there's five hundred things you have to do right, then that's that game, and that's okay. But yeah, that's like raising the skill cap. Me is for some reason has become synonymous with adding a bunch of random th- actions and things you have to learn how to do. And like, like I mean, the classic one is count for me is Counter-Strike spray patterns, like memorizing spray oh, patterns because yeah. it raises the skill cap. It's just like, like this is so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Down, I mean, left, right. Hold down. Again, yeah, like that. left, pull right. It's, it's often confused, I think, with depth, which is what I was saying before, right? right? If StarCraft was just about optimizing your base that's a puzzle game it's not about that luckily so it's actually fun and interesting because there's so many (laughs) other things happening right so that that's the game but if you just add little things that are annoying and you have to master to get up to a level or whatever that's not really adding depth that's just adding like clutter 
right? Because you, depth is like, I want everything I do to be meaningful. And like, just these little tiny micro things that people who only play StarCraft 1 and don't want to ever change to StarCraft 2 or whatever, it's just, that's not like meaningful stuff. That's not why you watch pros, right? That's not why you play. It's just like, it's some weird bias thing that it's because the first thing you learned is this one thing and you want everyone else to have to, I think they said on the podcast, it's like, it's sort of like a fraternity hazing right way of thinking, right? It's like, yeah, if you want to learn how to play it, you have to do all the bullshit that I did to learn how to play. But it's like, no, you don't. Like, they fixed it. They made I mean, it's just like a, there's just a weird game. Sorry, you're, you should go, Teddy. What you're I saying mean, is going to be more question, The question is, what could they add? The, the question for this is, what could they add that you would say this is too much? <laughs> right? Why not just control six units instead of 12? Right. Right. right? Like, why not, why not add other individual layers? Units. Individual yeah, like, units. Yeah, right. Other layers of complexity because it's stupid, right? Because <laughs> right. that's right. why. And you know that. And you know better. But for right. some reason, right. you're saying, yeah, you're saying otherwise. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Well, there's just, yeah, I don't know. There's just something, there's just a weird uh, a cultural thing in gaming. It's like weird ego thing that happens of, um, like wanting the wanting more depth to the competition for yeah for no reason i don't really understand it but yeah 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 that's why i said you should talk first because let's, <laughs> let's play league of legends you know yeah just simple yeah. four abilities that's all you need boom yeah. easy should we rate this game yeah let's rate it Ratings. all right what are the things again we haven't potted in so long fun sense fun yeah let's start with fun oh god can we clarify? Are we talking about the campaign? Yeah, that we're, this is a well, we have to Starcraft campaign. Okay, because yeah. I'm about to not give good ratings. Love fun it. Love is it. a zero. It is not fun at all. As a new player, that's fair. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> one. That's a one yeah. for me. One for me. Yeah. Uh, I total, but I agree with Alon Zero. <laughs> Thank you. Um, aesthetics or senses? Senses. That's what we call it. Yeah. Um, I think it's a solid two for me. Yeah. Two. It's a great looking, great sounding game in a in an awesome world. Um, yeah, I, w- I wish more games strive to be like this, you know, I mean, um, there's, sorry, go yeah. ahead. Danny. No, no, please continue. continue. Oh, I was just going to say, I, I was thinking about, as I was just talking, like we're talking about how beautiful some of the scenes were in Chrono Trigger that came out around the same time. Right. It's obviously like quote unquote, looks like shit. Like it's pixelized. It's old, like blah, blah, blah. But like, it just doesn't matter to me. Like I, there's not one second of this game, whether it's the cinematics, the fucking debrief, the units, the whatever, that I wish it was like more high fidelity. Like it was perfect to me. I don't want it to ever be changed. I don't want a remake. I don't want it to be reskinned. I just thought it looked awesome. You know, this is this is like only this is a bit of a tangent, but I think about this with. Like artists and people who draw, 
like being able to draw something and make it look photorealistic is very impressive and cool. But like, it's not when we're talking about what good art is, it's not what we're looking for, right? Like, it's not what what appeals to like speaks to us. So I always feel it's so strange. Yeah, like this, this, of course, can be better and look better. And like Chrono Trigger can be more beautiful than Crisis, you know, even though the one is a, a, like a, a close to perfect rendition of reality. It's it's caught up in tech. And I think that's part of the problem, right? Yeah, it's like totally, totally. It's caught up in GPU cores and clock speeds. <laughs> <laughs> so what uh, are we all two here? Yeah, I'm a two. For all the reasons Alon gave, I, because I love Chrono Trigger, <laughs> because Chrono Trigger is more beautiful than uh, Elden Ring. Um, uh, leaving that and then aside. recommend. Yeah, I would not recommend this. Yeah, I've, got, I've got a zero for recommend. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think it's a hard, rec- a hard zero. But again, like, I just want to say for someone who really didn't enjoy the campaign. I think you can tell by this episode that like I'm really into the idea of StarCraft and I really <laughs> want to watch and follow. And like even just watching a stream today with Walsh was so fun. I, there's so much to look at. There's so much like, oh my God, I can't believe he's doing that. Like, um, So I think the multiplayer, even though I haven't really played, I would be more like a one because I'd be like, there's just so much to dive into, right? And I think it's cool and really interesting. But yeah, the campaign is the easy zero for me. Yeah, playing it again, I was just like, and with you, it's just, no, yeah, no, this just needs to be retired. Yeah, who of my friends who have never played StarCraft or anything like it, would I give this to? And I, I don't have anyone. <laughs> There's no one on the list. Yeah, And I have a ton of friends who have not played and StarCraft. That's yeah, the like, thing with the multiplayer is like, if I, if someone went to any of us and was like i love frozen throne i love age of empires like what's another game i can play like none of zero of us would say the campaign but we would all be like oh you should play starcraft 2 online right like let's play co-op starcraft 2 that would be sick you know but like the campaign just not not that yeah would you recommend this your friend who likes racing games was that what i was (laughs) (laughs) i forgot about that yeah no they could drive uh vectors around yeah vector (laughs) what do you want locked in locked in (laughs) all right guys that's Uh, a wrap and don't have next episode picked out another flanked widened Yeah. yeah we um we'll play something good though Maybe it'll be the Resident Evil 4 remake. Maybe. Could be, yeah. Uh, Bacon said he just played Quake and it was awesome. I feel like maybe... We, Interested. I, have you but played it? so many first-person shooters. I, I don't know anything about Quake. Out. Okay. Just its okay. name. Well, th- well it's yeah, we got, we got some ideas. There was a recent Steam sale and I downloaded a lot of games. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, we, got, we got some stuff. We got stuff in the oven. I'd appreciate if we could do XCOM 2 because I'm obsessed with it right now. Fuck, no. <laughs> Get Doug on the yeah. Doug on that. You and episode. Doug, yeah, you got it. Yeah, yeah, true, true. <laughs> All, All right, right, guys. Bye-bye. Good night. Bye. For the next Game Club episode, we will be playing Immortality from 2022. Happy gaming. <laughs>